Welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where we cut through the fog of overwhelm so you can see all the ways to start creating a life that works for you. One of the worst pieces of advice I was ever given was, you need to change your mindset. What does that even mean? And I say this as somebody who used to geek out on Carol Dweck's mindset research. I know my stuff about mindset. I taught teachers how to use the research on mindset in the classroom. Mindset I know and the fact that the person who told me to to change my mindset without giving any more than that useless advice should have known that about me, should have known that saying that to me was not only pointless but also insulting because I know my stuff about mindset. So change your mindset. Worst piece of advice ever. Welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. I'm so, so glad you're here. If you're a regular, I love, love, love that you're here and I thank you with my whole heart. If you're new, welcome. I hope you find something that lifts you, something that inspires you, something that resonates. This is a very open and honest podcast where I talk about my journey with trying to create and actually not trying, achieving, creating a life that works for me, which is a gradual process of getting out of my head into my body, learning to listen more and more deeply and messing up on doing that, listening to my body. So I stop pushing myself to unhealth unhealthness, unwellness, exhaustion, minor strains and injuries, and then in my case, crashing and burning and messing my life up. Um, So listening to my body and connecting to my heart and daring to prioritise happiness. Happiness first, because success comes from happiness, not the other way around. There is interesting research on this and we are conned into thinking that sacrificing for success will make us happy. So listening to my heart, really, really important. And then controlling my attention. And this episode is primarily focusing on controlling our attention. So what's one of the worst pieces of advice you've ever been given? Now, advice, advice is an interesting thing isn't it because a lot of the time people give us advice we don't ask for I'm now thinking oh am I guilty of this on this podcast this is interesting I try not to give advice because I don't think it's always helpful I'm just talking about my knowledge and skills and and you get to choose well you get to choose whether you listen so um, and you take from it what's right for you and you ignore the rest because that is my essential message is that it's personal. It's about you. You listen to your own body, your own heart and do what's right for you. I'm sharing what I teach with my students inside my main program, Get Your Life Back and my other courses and also with my one to one clients. I'm sharing my knowledge and expertise around overwhelm and the, and how it stops you seeing all the ways to live your life that are easier and more joyful and better for you. But I try not to give advice. I don't. Uh, advice is interesting. If somebody asks for advice, it's different, isn't it? But even then, I think um, using coaching, using questioning is more helpful. But sometimes people just want advice and, and when they want advice and I if I know them, 
then I will try my best to help them figure out what's right for them. But in general, advice is an interesting thing because a lot of it is not wanted. We we are given advice from people who love us, are well-meaning, they want to help. We all want to help each other. It's not always helpful. So that, that bad piece of advice I was given was from a mentor who didn't take the time to get to know me. <clears throat> it's not also the, the main problem with change your mindset is it's not actually advice. It's just it's almost I guess to me, somebody, I mean, one of the things I'm learning about myself that is up there for gradually releasing, which has been um, happening over, over the last month, one of the things that's come up for me is I hear criticism or I have a tendency to hear criticism where there is none intended from those who love me the most. So, and this has been interesting. It's taken me a long time to really understand that that's something I need to let go of. Um, and so as I do that, I can then rethink how I've taken other comments from other people throughout my life. And then that leads to forgiveness and ease and more self-acceptance and love. And it's really nice. So if I then look back at that really poor piece of advice, you need to change your mindset. I think it was around selling. So you need to raise your prices, value your work. Um, and it was so it was well intended. But but first of all, it's well, mainly it's just unhelpful because what does it mean? It's not it's not specific enough, is it? Change your mindset it doesn't mean anything. We can all up level our mindsets. We can all change. Our, there's always room for improvement. And that's part of the problem of the human condition, isn't it? We can always get better. But it's also one of the gifts of the human condition is we can always get better. So we can always make things better. There is always more books there are always more books to read there are always more cool films to see there are always more experiences to have there are always more love to receive there's always more money to receive there's always more opportunities and people there's always always more and because there's always more there's always the fear that you're not doing enough and and the problem with change your mindset is it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> it didn't tell me how to. So instead of helping me change my my mindset, the advice you need to change your mindset is what I got. And I take responsibility for that because I chose a mentor who wasn't right for me. So I take do I take full responsibility? I take full responsibility for being in a situation of being given useless advice and hearing it in a way that irritated me and how can I so how can I use that useless advice well first of all I can watch that I'm not giving useless advice which I'm sure I do particularly to those closest to me um, this reminds me of the dishwasher incident the other day so apparently one of the biggest arguments um, apart from the normal ones between couples is about you know money and that kind of stuff <laughs> one of the biggest ones is how to load the dishwasher which in our house is like most houses um, you know there's, oh, you could you could use it as a Zen thing and use it forever, really, couldn't you? Loading the dishwasher. So I used to take offence when Simon reloaded the dishwasher, and now I don't because he said to me, "But who? But the dishwasher always needs reloading because you can't put it in perfectly, can you? Like it's, you can always shuffle things about." But it is funny because we have one of those splendid dishwashers that instead of having the cutlery stuck upwards in the way, it has a top, very flat drawer. I love it. And you can put the cutlery in. So Simon sees that as an opportunity to make the 
to sort the cutlery as it goes into the dishwasher. I don't like that. So I put it in any old how. Not any old how as in stupidly, but I don't put it in order of knives, forks and spoons, whereas he sorts it. And I'm sure both of us are annoying each other with that. The reason I don't do it that way is because it doesn't matter. Like it's going to get sorted when it goes in the drawer and that's the only time it actually matters. I don't see the point. It takes longer. And secondly, my hands are smaller. So if you put lots of spoons together, I can't grab all the spoons at once anyway. So it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't, it's not helpful to me. Whereas I'm sure it's helpful to him in some way. He has much bigger hands. He can probably scoop up 10 spoons that have been put together and put them straight. So it's probably short of him. And th- th- Why am I talking about this? Why are you talking about dishwashers on the Overwhelms Optional podcast? Because I was talking about advice. So the other day, and, we've, and I also find it interesting that if you take the metaphor of the dishwasher thing, you can learn lots. But I don't want to go into the, that's another rabbit hole, isn't it? So what I've noticed is that as a couple, you can learn to communicate better all the time, can't you? That's a good thing. So it was hilarious the other day when instead of Simon saying, I wish you wouldn't load the dishwasher in this way. He this time phrased it with, I love you. But and then went into his dishwasher loading advice. And I love that he phrased it in that way because it's so cool. Oh, it just made because immediately I was like, I wasn't offended by this unsolicited advice of how he would like me to load the dishwasher. Hilarious. So advice, unsolicited advice, advice given um, in the wrong way, advice heard as criticism. What's the worst? Be- you know, advice that just is unhelpful. But this particular advice, change your mindset, reminds me of this constant thing at the moment. Everybody's saying, you know, there are mindset coaches, there's mindset advice everywhere, mindset, 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 mindset. It's really annoying. I find it really annoying. I don't know why, I just do. Do you find it really annoying? It's like, There's always something more we can do to be better. I need to have a better mindset. And this leads me on to the whole point of this episode, which is positive thinking, positive thinking. So it's this, you need, basically what we're saying when we say change your mindset is you need to be more positive, more open. And, And yes, of course we do. And of course we always can. But the problem is, with positive thinking is, for me personally, and see if this resonates with you, is if it's at the wrong time in the wrong way, it's useless. It's just useless. I mean, it's part of controlling your attention. So you can choose to listen to the shoulds and the oughts and the get betters and the constant need for self-improvement. Or you can choose to say, okay, I'm going to think more, I'm going to be on my own side. So you can control your attention with your mind. Your mind has a negative bias and then you can choose to notice the positive. So a good example is my technique of unexpectedly lovely things, which in the title sounds really fluffy, doesn't it? Like, oh, yes, of course we should notice more lovely things, Heidi. No, it's really not a fluffy technique. It's actually a really difficult technique and it's really, really effective. Here's why. You can look around you right now and you can say, yeah, there's lots of lovely things around me. And then you can go Meh, and not really notice them. If I challenge you to find something unexpectedly lovely because it's harder, it's got to be unexpected. It can't be the thing that you already know is there. So you can pick something normal. So, for example, I have 
my newest coffee cup, which I love. So it's lovely, right? I bought it off the maker. I love the. I love lots of things about it. Now, if I just go, right, that's lovely. What I'm doing is practicing a shift in mindset. I'm noticing good stuff around me. I could bring gratitude into this. I'm thinking more positively. Yeah, so I could use it as a distraction or just a general practicing of controlling my attention because there is always good around us. But if I then change it to unexpectedly lovely, I've got to look closer. It's harder work. And because it's harder work, it demands more control of my attention. It's more effortful. It takes slightly longer, only seconds longer. Although I'm going to do it live with you now and I'm thinking, hmm, what is unexpectedly lovely about this mug? What is unexpectedly lovely? Okay. Oh, I've just noticed that it has far more colours in it than I realised. And I like that because that's curious. Oh, it has a it has a like a line between the beautiful blue glaze that goes into the pale blue glaze. There's a dark line where the glaze stops dribbling. And I like that. I like that about it. There's also there's also a brown. I don't know why. Why I don't know anything about glazing. At the bottom, I suppose, where it had to be stuck in the kiln. I don't know. I don't know that much about it, even though I live with a part-time potter when he gets around to it. So there's much unexpected loveliness in my mug, actually. And the more I look at it, the more I'm finding. It, but that was seconds. And taking more joy from our surroundings, that changes our mind, quite literally, because you're rewiring the brain. And that will change your mindset, as in your approach to life, because you can start noticing that there's always something around you to be grateful for. There's always something. And that's helpful. But that's a how. How to change your... I don't... I'm still not that keen on mindset, because it, the work into it was very specific. So let's put to one side the word mindset. And let's instead look at positive thinking. There's a lot of stuff out there about positive thinking. You ought to think more positively. Now, they don't phrase it that way, but it's what comes up for me. So what's triggered for you by positive affirmations? Ah, oh, I ought to think more positively. Is that what comes up for you? Is what comes up for me immediately. Even though I know that the research on them can be good, and even though I do actually use them myself, I'm really, really aware of the danger of the trap for me personally and for the people I work with of trying to think positively. So there's the key, trying. It's another thing to achieve. It's another thing to fail at. It's another thing to add to your to-do list. And it's another thing to add to your, your get better at list. And for me and my clients, that's not helpful because it adds to our feelings of failure, shame, not good enough inadequacy. It's unhelpful. So there are times when positive thinking is really, really helpful. And in general, we want to retrain the brain, the mind. We want to take control of our attention away from the loops of doom. I'm not good enough. I ought to be better at positive thinking. I ought to be happier into more positive ways of thinking, noticing the good. But I believe there's a gap, that it's really, really hard to go from the normal loops of doom thinking that the mind tends to do to keep us safe, 
into more positive ways of thinking. And also it's not a permanent switch. So it's just a moment by moment thing. So for me, the bridge is neutral noticing. That's it. So if positive thinking isn't working for you, try neutral noticing instead. I recommend neutral noticing because there's too much of a gap between the negative and the positive. It doesn't feel real. And if it doesn't feel right when you're saying this positive affirmation, then it isn't. There's a mismatch. There's a, there's a physical as well as a cognitive dissonance. You don't feel it. It's no good going around going, I ought to. I ought to be happy. Now I feel even worse. It's just unhelpful. Now, so when do I use positive affirmations? When I can get myself into them. So when it feels good. So when, but that, that takes, for me, that takes noticing how I feel, noticing how I want to feel, and then maybe, or not, depending on what I'm up to, how much time I have, noticing the stuff that's coming up for me that's ready to be released, which is the 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 stuff between the where I want to be and where I actually am. But I have to start with where I am. So starting where you are, noticing completely neutrally where you are. So last week's episode, I talked about how I was disappointed with my start to the year because instead of being able to go into this imagining in the year and dreaming in the year I noticed there was a lot of stuff coming up a lot of I'm stuck in these loops of never feeling quite good enough and I ought to be better at this stuff because this is who I am and and what I teach and when I notice them that neutrally it allows me to do the work which for me is letting go of the habits that no longer serve me the habits of not feeling good enough, the thoughts of self-doubt, of not being professional enough, not being ready, um, not being essentially not being good enough and learning to let go of that more and more. And it's a gradual, gentle process, letting go of the stuff that doesn't make me happy, which is mainly my own internal dialogue. You know, the, the, the pressures and expectations I think the world has, has of me that I'm putting onto myself. So, if you, I'm just going to say it, if positive thinking is not working for you, you need neutral noticing. So let's go into neutral noticing. And I'm going to be doing uh, more of this at the beginning of the year to help you guys really get the hang of neutral noticing, really use it. So neutral noticing is exactly what it says, noticing completely neutrally what's going on for you in any moment. Now, it sounds simple, right? I just have to be neutral. But it's not simple because the mind naturally doesn't do neutral because it's unhelpful in a survival situation. So your mind has developed in order to keep you safe. So it's going to tell you everything that's unsafe around you. If you want it to, if you want happiness, then then starting with neutrally noticing, getting out of the fear patterns, the anxiety patterns, the natural tendency for the nervous system to be activated. And it's easily activated in our current predicament where we've all been put under a mass fear, blanket of fear and anxiety, some of it on purpose and some of it as a natural response to what's going on in the world at the moment. So noticing that, not that, but noticing whatever's going on for you in any given moment and then doing it, noticing neutrally. And the trick with neutral noticing 
is to, well, there's several actually. It's actually a very deep practice, but I make it as simple as possible. So the, the first thing to say is get hold of the one minute mark, heidimark.co.uk, the one minute mark, because that's a one minute neutral noticing audio. It's the one minute neutral noticing audio. And it has everything. The, the depth in the one minute mark is incredible. In fact, I'm thinking of doing a masterclass just on the one minute mark because it's so much in there, so much in there. In the words, in the way you do it, you're getting out of the head, into the body. So the trick is really to get out of the head because the the when the attention's in the mind, we get we tend we have a tendency to get drawn into the negative, the emergency mode, and that's why it's really hard to just implement positive thinking because you're talking about thinking and thinking tends to be negative, and not because we're terrible people, but because that's the default pattern of the mind. And for those of us who are most prone, most sensitive to getting stuck into overwhelm and overthinking and overanalyzing, beating ourselves up, then that's going to be worse for us. It's, you know, my work's not for everybody. It's for people like you and me who tend to get stuck in the head, overanalyzing, trying to solve, <laughs> trying to make our life work for us as if we're a problem to be solved. If only we could be better in some way. All of that is 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 difficult to cope with. You know, it's, it's hard to be happy when you feel you ought to be better at something. But it's also really hard to go from that to I am happy, I'm worthy. Da, da, da. It's not the positive affirmations aren't great, but you can't just switch from one to the other. So going through the neutral, notice how you feel. Start where you are. How are you feeling in this moment as you listen to this? What's coming up for you? If you're getting, yeah, that's me, and you're noticing, oh, uh-oh, that's me, then notice that. And then know this, there's nothing wrong with you. Just notice it neutrally. So the way to keep it neutral is to get out of the head into the body and notice the feelings in the body, the physical sensations in the body completely neutrally as if they were just useful bits of information. So you may notice in the body a heaviness in the heart, but the word heaviness is in itself not neutral. So instead, notice the physical sensations in the heart. If there are any. Notice you may think, oh, well, I've got really tight shoulders. And then there's a story attached to that tightness of how you ought to treat yourself better in some way. So let go of that. Let go. Of, let go of the label. There is tightness in my shoulders. Instead, there is a physical sensation in your shoulder. If there is. There are physical sensations in your gut. Or not. Notice it neutrally, it's useful information rather than judgments. And a really, really key thing here is curiosity. Curiosity is the opposite of judgment. And it's curiosity that allows for the neutrality, the freedom to just notice, the freedom to gain that useful information because it's all useful information. Your body will tell you long before your mind the stuff you need to negotiate your life in a better way. Long before. But we've become disconnected from our bodies and we get stuck in our head and we get judgmental. And we're carrying all of that around. And when we're stuck in our head with all of those judgments and stuff going on, that's the overwhelm. So out of the head into the body and notice completely neutrally how you feel. And it's a practice. So you always bring a beginner's mind. You don't get really good at neutral noticing. I mean, you, 
that's not quite right because people do get much, much better at it. But the point is to always bring a beginner's mind because although you can get really good at it, there will be times when you're thrown off because, you know, stuff happens like, you know, sad stuff happens in your life and it can throw you out or hopefully more likely you decide to, you know, take on a challenge that previously you wouldn't have dared done because you were too overwhelmed. But now you've got, you know, better at neutral noticing and controlling your attention away from the overwhelm you're like oh I'm going to tackle that now and that's that the the each time you up level something you take on something more it can feel like oh now I'm rubbish at neutral noticing but it's not true because you always bring a beginner's mind all you're doing is getting curious this is how I feel in this moment so if positive mindset positive thinking and shifting your mindset is just adding to your overwhelm then try noticing completely neutrally how you feel instead i hope this has been helpful it's lovely it's such a pleasure to get to speak with you to have you here with me thank you for being here please 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 subscribe share leave a review because that's how more people like you can find the podcast thank you so much have a great week see you next week Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. If it sounds like your kind of thing, then I invite you to go on over to heidimark.co.uk forward slash the one minute mark and get hold of my free audio so that you can get started on your journey out of overwhelm to creating a life that works for you instead of just working really damn hard trying to find a way to squish yourself in a life that isn't really working for you so that's Heidi Mark Heidi Mark with an e on the end .co.uk forward slash the one minute mark thank you for listening and anytime you feel like subscribing sharing liking commenting it's so so helpful it finds other people find this podcast thank you so much for being here